Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz Peterson, and today I have Tilly Storm discussing what she calls the relationship matrix. So let me tell you a little bit about Tilly. She was raised Southern Baptist. Tilly was taught that desire was sinful and that sexuality was a source of shame. She had internalized these messages and didn't begin questioning them until after free birthing her first baby at 23. By the time she was 27, she was divorced with two kids, feeling frustrated with her sex life, uncomfortable with her body and her limits to pleasure. So began her long journey researching ways that one could feel more confident and comfortable in their body and the bedroom. Tilly voraciously devoured every book she could get her hands on about sexuality, had a Kundalini awakening, became multi-orgasmic and learned the sacred art of Tantra. Working seven years as a doula shed light on the struggles that women have with their sexuality when moving through transformational life events, such as giving birth, menopause, divorce, and ingrained cultural and religious messages. Seeing and experiencing these issues, she was inspired to assist other women. Tilly is assisting in creating a world where everyone has access to feeling and experience in their body and sexuality as sacred and pleasurable and where relationships strengthen and grow because individuals and couples have the tools and understanding to come together despite differences in sexual preferences and libidos. Tilly has helped everyone from marriage and family therapists, religious practitioners and high-level executives, entrepreneurs to strippers, single moms and couples married for decades, to finally own and embrace her sexuality, become multi-orgasmic, reignite passion and desire in long-term relationship, and even have their own spiritual awakening. Tilly, welcome to the show. Yay, thanks. That was a long, long intro, but yeah, that's me. (laughs) I know, I love it. Wanted to share all the juicy pieces about you. So let's jump right into the relationship matrix. How is the old relationship paradigm different from the new relationship paradigm? Well, this term kind of came to me one day when I was thinking about what I do really. And it, it hit me that, oh, right. Yeah. We're entering a, a new world, a new way of being, being a, the new human and the new earth. And, uh, you know, if you're pretty spiritual, you are probably into that sort of thing, but, uh, we're learning and up-leveling our consciousness in a way that the way that we've done relationships isn't working anymore. Uh, I think there's not been a time on the planet where we have been more unhappy in our relationships, where we've had less sex than we've ever had in our relationships. And that's actually scientifically proven that within the last couple decades, um, that the amount of sex people are having has drastically declined. And the way that we are approaching relationships is, is just so outdated. And that's what I call the 3d relationship matrix. (laughs) <laughs> so what makes it 3D? Well, it's just old unconscious programming and patterning that we got taught from our parents. Uh, there's actually five different ways, I guess, that I kind of defined what it means to be stuck in that 3D matrix versus what it means to step into 
I don't want to say that what I am teaching is the 5D, but I, because we're not quite there yet, right? But I would imagine that it's something on the way towards that. And some of the, the five things are, well, first is how love is a contract that it, that's what marriage has been about. It's ever since it's, and, you know, ever since the idea of marriage became a thing, it was a contract between families that this is what you do. And if you do this, I will do this. And if you do that, I will take care of that. And if you don't, then this doesn't work anymore. And then the contract has to change. And this is something that we're still doing in 2021. And it really... <laughs> It just perplexes me that we're still operating on such a contractual basis in our relationships and they're unconscious contracts for many people that even though some of us are aware of the whole outdated system of what marriage really means or whatever it even come from, uh, but we still unconsciously operate from that contractual agreement around relationship. Wow. So how do we recognize that we're in a contractual relationship? And then how do we break free from that? <laughs> well, I, I think that, you know, this is, I guess it's a, a more of something relationship coaches would help people through. I am a sex coach really. And I, you know, my, where I shine is helping women to become multi-orgasmic, break through their blocks to pleasure, to desire, uh, to feeling confident in their body and in their sexuality. But one thing that does come up because sex and relationships, you can't, you know, you can't kind of separate them. Right. Um, is that the relationship issues tend to be pretty ongoing in relationships that there's usually that one thing and a relationship that just doesn't seem to go away or get resolved on its own without like outside support or help. And for some people, it can just be like a constant argument that seems to never get resolved or constant bickering or back and forth. And the old way of doing things is like, oh, well, we'll either just learn how to live with this and continue to be in this bickering and arguing forever about the thing. Um, or, you know, will withhold love and withhold whatever from a partner because this is a source of contention, right? So breaking free of that means that if you are moving towards a state of unconditional love and practicing unconditional love between you and a partner that you learn to love yourself and you learn to take responsibility for how you are creating that situation in the first place, <laughs> which is something no one really wants to do. <laughs> Right. So what are some contracts like we can have in the bedroom? What are those, some of those old paradigms? Well, this is, this is different for every relationship. And I, a lot of what is common for people is that for men, you know, it's usually that they are higher desire and women, especially with the ones that I work with, they are usually moms and they've gone through that transition phase of, um, you know, being single or just it being them and only being responsible for themselves to having kids, multiple kids. Like I have some clients that have four and five and six kids and, you know, it's, it's become all about them and they've kind of lost their way and taking 
taking responsibility for their own sexuality and realizing that if something's not right or if they're feeling disconnected from their body, that they get to dive in and find out what's inside of them that's creating issues in the relationship or their sex life, which is usually their sex life for the specific things that I work with. so they're helping to build a, a better relationship to heal and integrate things in the way of their own uh, pleasure. And so some of those, those issues in their sexuality, they, you know, you hear women all the time being like, well, I'm just going to wait for him to change, or maybe he'll just stop being that way, or <laughs> maybe I'll just blame him forever. But it's really about taking ownership of how you're creating that experience in the first place. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. How can we go within and explore intimacy kind of within ourselves to discover the root cause of our dissatisfaction when we have stuff like that coming up? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of pieces that are always in the way of pleasure blocks and I, you can kind of sum them up in one negative conditioning around our sexuality and two sexual trauma or birth trauma. And these two things are extremely common. I mean, I don't know any woman that escaped negative conditioning around their sexuality. Maybe there's a few places on earth where they are doing really well. Like in the Netherlands, I think they're doing pretty good. But (laughs) uh, Most of us get raised with shit programming around pleasure. When I ask clients uh, or potential clients, like, what did you learn about sex or pleasure from the women in your family? The most common answer I get is nothing. So (laughs) if you learned nothing, then where are you learning what you do know? So, and this is, this is generally where the problems lie, that they're learning what they know from media, from Hollywood movies that are not accurate portrayals at all of people's relationships or sex lives, uh, pornography, like, oh my God, <laughs> like, you know, I think we don't have to, to, to get dive into about how unrealistic a lot of that is. Um, but where are we getting the education around our pleasure? We're just not, or it's coming from really shit short sources. So to go in and discover, well, what, you know, what is pleasure? How do I find out what I want and like in the first place is sometimes a question that most women like they want to know what pleases them. They want to know what to tell their partner, but they don't know how, cause they, they don't have the tools to figure that out because they, they weren't taught anything. <laughs> so yes, it's, it's either the negative conditioning or unprocessed sexual trauma. And even though people think that, you know, if they've been to therapy for years or decades around it, um, it's usually just cognitive behavioral therapy. And that only goes so far because the trauma still lives on the body as you know. Yeah, it does. How do you work with shame? Because I know we are uh, just such a huge shame culture. Yeah. So shame is one of those, those icky emotions that most people experience around their sexuality, shame for their desires or fantasies, um, shame for being too sexual or not sexual enough. Like you could attach shame to anything. Uh, and it's something that usually gets programmed really early on, um, and childhood. So a lot of my clients, for example, will remember an experience of a parent or an adult walking in on them when they were touching themselves and being reprimanded or told that they were bad or that they shouldn't do that or them playing with a friend maybe inappropriately or whatever and and the parents freaking out about it and then there being like this 
this huge shutdown and their desire. So, you know, again, most of my clients lack sexual desire at all. And they're, they're so disconnected from it. And then when they dive in and see like, oh, wow, this stems from that. Oh my God. Uh, so it is a lot of inner child reprogramming (laughs) and working with the shame that the inner child is carrying itself and recognizing that the shame was actually just a protective mechanism to keep them safe. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That kind of makes me think about um, self-love. Can you talk a little bit about unconditional love and how that plays a role in moving from that 3D polarity to 5D? Yeah. So one of the other uh, five things that I'm kind of laid out between the difference between 3D and 5D relationships are um, that when there, when intimacy, when there's blocks there, when it stops or it's not really happening or whatever, then that is a cue to go within, to get intimate with yourself. That means that there's something going on inside of you. And the whole idea of self-love is like taking the time to go within and figure out what are these blocks? What are these obstacles in the way of the intimacy that I want to experience? So self-love And in the broadest sense is just giving yourself that opportunity to do that deeper work, to um, allow yourself time and compassion, self-compassion to realize like, it's okay that we're experiencing this right now. uh, But I know that there's a deeper reason why this is happening. So self-love is being like, okay, well, I'm going to choose to make this a priority in my life so that I can experience more pleasure, more intimacy, more connection by going within myself and finding what is blocking me from that. And one way that I teach women to do that is through conscious self-pleasure practices like the jade egg. (laughs) So yeah, that's how we do that. Nice. I highly recommend that practice, by the way, it can really take you to deep places and really remove trauma that's stuck in your yoni for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some other tools you can give our listeners to be able to kind of walk themselves through maybe some of these stuck blocks? Well, one of the things that I teach in my group program is the nervous system stress cycle release techniques. Um, It's funny. I've had clients that have told me after their first week in the program, they're like, wait, I thought I needed more things. (laughs) I thought I needed to learn something else or something new. And what I really needed after doing these practices was just to release all of the crap that I have been uh, keeping down for so long that I haven't processed or that I haven't allowed myself to feel. I get women who experience a lot of numbness. So disconnection from their body and it presents as their vagina being numb because they just can't feel anything. And I was actually just having a session with a client today who was saying the exact same thing. And that numbness happens because the body creates a protective mechanism, such as an emotion of overwhelm. For example, with this woman, she experienced overwhelm after having her fourth kid and the feeling of like right when Corona started, right. So just this crazy chaotic feeling out of control and her body and like let overwhelm almost being like a protective mechanism to feel that she had some sort of control in her life. But 
it also shut herself down, her ability to feel anything. So one of the ways that we teach to restore that that feeling of pleasure inside is to allow yourself that time to release the the nervous system winding that has been going on ever since the birth of that child, right? So to release it through cathartic processes, which I'm sure you you're familiar with and probably heard of too. So yeah. For our listeners who don't know what cathartic processes are, can you explain? Yeah. So cathartic processes are what I teach is I give them like a five or six minute audio guided practice. It's basically allow that drops them into their body to connect with, okay, what is going on in my body? So you have to start with the sensation. Okay. You can't just like go into kicking. You can't go into pillow punching. Um, sometimes you can just bring some shake and some movement into the body and then it will come. Uh, otherwise it just feels forced. So if you really connect with sensation in your body of what is in the way of my pleasure today, <laughs> like what's in the way of joy of me experiencing joy in this moment, uh, that's what I lead them into. So I have them just connect with their body and feeling inside what, what emotion or sensation do I feel that's keeping me from pleasure and joy. And then I invite them to release that if it feels natural, not all the time it will, but to release it through a cathartic process, which is pillow punching, hand screaming, kicking with no throwing a fucking tantrum, going wild <laughs> like, uh, and grieving. Yeah. And tends to be a really popular one for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great for getting out any sadness or grief, as you said, or anger. Oh, Mm -hmm. many emotions. And we have many of those stuck emotions in our bodies from, you know, early childhood trauma and beyond. Yeah. It's really good work. That's cool. How about conflict? Is it a sign we're not supposed to be together? Or is there some way we can use conflict to better our relationship? Yes. Conflict is most of the time it means, or people make it mean that if we've had this constant source of conflict, maybe we're not meant to be together. Uh, But relationship conflicts actually happen to bring up parts and pieces of you that are ready to be healed and integrated. (laughs) So it means that you do have to go within and to not blame your partner or wait for them to change. (laughs) Mm. But yeah, the conflicts are something that you're creating. Yeah. Yeah. How do we use that to, you know, step into divine union? Yeah. So often the, when you allow yourself time to do that work, that deeper work, it, you've created so much vulnerability and intimacy within yourself by just to getting, getting to know those parts and pieces of you that are playing out in the first place that when you start to share the source of your behavior with your partner, it often brings a deeper sense of intimacy and connection with your partner because you're sharing parts and pieces of you that you're just now discovering with a partner and that can lead you to more intimacy, right? It leads to your connection with that person and they are the reflection and they're showing up in your life because Oh, you created that too, (laughs) right? You've created them. Relationships are, you know, uh, Harville Hendricks wrote it in his book, Getting What We Want. He explains it very well that 
relationships are all a projection of what's going on inside of you. And you create and are attracted to particular relationship partners because somewhere in your unconscious and even in your DNA, it knows that this person is a match to help you through your healing. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that amazing? And it's so nice when you have a partner who has a growth mindset where you can sit down and discuss your issues and after discussing the issues and being vulnerable with each other, it does bring you so much closer together. It's like Mm -hmm. each time you step into that area, you end up closer each and every time. And then the relationship's able to grow so much more. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Such a great process. Yeah. Um, Gosh, let's talk a little bit more about that personal growth piece. How do you help your clients really step into their personal growth? So I think that's important. I think the, the main way that I do that is I sell them pretty flat out. Like I, I can't think of anybody in the last year, at least that I've just taken a couple to work with a couple before I've made them work on their own first. (laughs) So I will only work with the individuals of a couple first before I will work with both of them together. And that's a way that I'm making them take responsibility for their part in it. And their part changes the relationship dynamic. So sweet. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. That's so true. Yeah. Everyone's like, Oh, we'll go to couples therapy or counseling, which you know that there's definitely time for that. But Mm -hmm. if you've never done a full transformational process, a lot of people have done parts and pieces of certain things. They've done a womb healing course, or they've done an inner child course, but they've never done a thing around their whole sexuality. That was a complete process with an arc of transformation in it. Um, I kind of require them to do it. (laughs) You may have done a few things here and there. I'm like, no, no, no. We're not working on the the relationship until we work with you first. Mm -hmm. That's really smart because it really is diving into your own self, which really shifts not only you and how you function in relationship, but also it gets reflected back to you, you know, in your relationship and then, you know, opens the door to, um, shifts for things to shift because you've created something new and different, you know, so it can't be the old. Right. (laughs) There's actually a, a relationship coach that I like to follow. And sometimes I swear she wishes that she were a sex coach who could make these women do their own work because they come to her for their relationship. Right. And then they spend so much time just doing the solo work. She's like, why don't I, why don't I just do what you do? I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you do it? <laughs> But as you know, it is. And, and therapists would say the same thing. I have so many clients that are actually therapists and they have said like, even in our own practices, we see couples that want couples coaching or couples therapy. And it's like, y'all got so many other things that you need to work on yourself. Um, and then there, that there is absolutely that time when you've done enough personal growth and development work on yourself that it's like, okay, how do we integrate this into our relationship and what is even possible within relationship that we're not even yet aware of. And that can be a really, really awesome experience to step into. That's awesome. How do you guide your clients to open up those conversations? Yeah. uh, Well, getting them to talk is... (laughs) 
<laughs> getting them to talk about sex with their partner is generally uh, the first thing that um, that I get them to do. You know, usually they'll have a big breakthrough within the first three weeks of my program, and it usually has to do around the elephant in the room. And then it's just only natural that part of the action steps that come from themselves and they know they need to is to have that conversation that they haven't been having forever. So a lot of it's self-directed. And then I have clients that do my sexuality work that aren't in relationships. It's about 50, 50. Um, so the ones that are, uh, like I, I had a client that had a, a huge breakthrough conversation with her partner for feeling that she was carrying the burden of his um, porn addiction issues from the past and feeling that she was responsible for making sure he didn't go down that rabbit hole again um, and how much of a burden that was and how it actually kept her from feeling desire. And when she finally had that conversation, it was like, oh, right. I don't have to carry this burden for you. This is yours. <laughs> and I don't have to feel this obligation to be the one to constantly, you know, serve you in pleasure uh, because I'm worried that you're going to go into an addictive pattern again. And having that conversation is like, I would never want you to feel that you had to carry that burden. And they had this huge breakthrough around something she'd been carrying for nine years and hadn't said anything about. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's huge. Do you have any other breakthrough stories you might want to share around communication and intimacy? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many. So I had another couple who, so a lot of times part of our coaching is helping the client's understand that people have different erotic blueprints and erotic languages. So this is Jaya's work um, that I've learned from. And, you know, it is very important that just like love languages, people understand that people are wired differently sexually. And some of the big breakthroughs that happen is once they start to understand their own erotic wiring and their partner's sorry, and their partner's erotic wiring uh, and how they're different. That, that doesn't mean that either of them are wrong. It just means that they're different and that they have to learn how to expand their own blueprint to learn how to receive turn on and pleasure from something that they're not used to or that they're not originally wired for. So that is a beautiful thing because then it allows you to grow and expand your capacity. And when people say, I want to spice things up, or I want something a little different, then this is like an invitation to, okay, you and your partner speak different languages. Okay, great. Learn how to speak each other's language. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like an assignment. Okay. Well, yes, this is how you're wired, but what would it be like if you could step into understanding and opening up to what turns your partner on or how they receive pleasure. And can you learn to receive pleasure in that way too? And can you learn to give pleasure in that way too? So I had clients that were a couple who were very much not understanding this concept. They were together 19 years when I worked with them and um, he was very kinky wired and she was very sensual and energetic wired. And sometimes these matches can be like, you're speaking French and someone's speaking Russian and they are nothing alike. Right. 
and they don't understand each other. So there might be a lot of judgment around your partner's desire. Like, you know, if you have a kinkily wired partner, there might be a lot of judgment, like, oh, I would never do that. Or, you know, that's, that's crazy. You would want to do that or whatever. And having them understand each other's sexual wiring and how they are different um, helps them to come to learn how to speak to each other and her mainly being the one who would always shut him down and what he wanted. Um, she started doing a lot of things she never thought she would do. Let's just put it at that. <laughs> good for her. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. good to open those doors. What about those couples out there whose um, intimacy has slowed or become non-existent? Yeah. So I do have a lot of clients that aren't having sex like regularly um, or they're in sexless marriages. It's like the scientific term for a sexless marriage means you're having sex like less than 10 times a year. Um, so not that it's completely sexless, but you know, it's definitely a lack of. Uh, so we do have a lot of clients that come in and they're not um, they're not having sex in any way. And I can think of one particular client that had this and who helping them to really understand that there's different phases of sexuality too. She was very much in a healing phase. Um, and this is something I always (laughs) preach and talk about is like healing is a phase. It is not something you need to be perpetually in forever. (laughs) Like, you know, there's definitely parts of our sexuality that need to be healed and integrated. Uh, But I have met far too many women who are stuck there and they have been there for five, 10, 15, 20 years. And it's like, okay, yo, it's time to get the fuck over this and learn how to have some fun. (laughs) Okay. So um, she was definitely in a healing phase and her and her partner were not sexual for like at all for over a year when she came to me and helping her to get like give her the actual tools to heal her sexuality and to go through the heartbreaks so she had a lot of unprocessed heart trauma actually it wasn't sexual it was just heart trauma and helping her to heal that on her own helped her to open up to the love that was actually available from her husband that she just wasn't able to receive because she had so many walls built up over her heart that was actually keeping them from having sex. It had nothing to do with anything else. Wow. That's awesome. How do we break repeating patterns with our partners? Breaking repeating patterns. Well, can you give me an example? Like what kind of patterns? (laughs) Mm, Good question. Um, Gosh, nothing's really coming to mind right now. Do you have any ideas? What could be a repeating pattern? Well, I've had, I'm thinking of a gal that I worked with almost two years ago now. And she she came to me, she's like, the formula isn't working. (laughs) Like, it's just not working. Uh, She had four kids and they had been together since they were 15 years old. She's like 30, 34 at the time, something like that. Um, And they had gone into a huge routine 
around their sexuality. So it always started and ended the same. And she was actually fine with it because it worked. And so was he, because I think they were the, I think they were both sexual blueprint people. So it was just like, okay, just do the thing, have the orgasm. I don't really care how it happens. <laughs> this is a very sexual blueprint, erotic blueprint type of person. They're like that. It doesn't, the variety, it's just like whatever. Okay. As long as it just happens, it happens pretty frequently and there's an orgasm at the end. They're generally good. Uh, so this is like the typical man, right? Most people would say that that's all men care about is their frequency and whether or not it happens. Um, but it's not necessarily true. A lot of women are like that too. I'm like that. <laughs> so I, her and her husband, I believe were both like that. And they had found that particular thing that made it work. And she had never learned how to have an orgasm by herself. So that was her goal uh, was to be able to have an orgasm on her own without her husband. They had literally, this is the only guy she ever been. They've been together since they were 15. So everything she learned about sex was with him and never learned how to do anything on her own or really like explore outside of that to find out, okay, well, what might turn me on if it's not with him? And what might I be able to show him that I like that's more than just this? And after four kids, that formula that just wasn't working with the accuracy and precision that it once was. So she knew it was time to figure it out. Uh, so teaching her the JDEG practice, making her slow down and drop that goal uh, was the key. So when clients come into my containers, it is an absolute, you drop every expectation you put on your body, every goal you ever had about what pleasure should be, and you learn what else is available. And doing the, the way that I teach the JDIG practice is that it gives them time to drop the goals and expectations and learn to experience pleasure um, in whatever way that it wants to come to you without an expectation of how it should. Nice. She learned and she got what she wanted. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that story. How about when women bump up against trauma? How do you walk them through that? Yeah. So we have a whole... Um, in my group program, we, we spend three weeks on trauma healing and some of my clients are already multi-orgasmic and they're like, I don't have any trauma. And I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> like, everybody's got some. <laughs> okay. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. Um, so they, they are given trauma self-healing practice to do uh, de-armoring practices to work with their cervix. Uh, a lot of them, you know, I tell them and explain to them the eight defined types of female orgasm, and they'll only check maybe one or two of those boxes of eight. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're not having all eight, you've got shit to work through because you can have all eight, right? Uh, so the cervical orgasms is something a lot of women want to experience, but they don't know how or uh, they have so much pain and trauma associated with their cervixes that they can't, and they have to do these de-armoring practices and to release all of the crap that's stored in there um, from terrible OBGYN experiences, you know, and pap smears to birth trauma, you know, um, to be, you know, actual sexual trauma, anything. 
because your cervix and your vagina are like a sponge and they absorb all those messages, all that stuff, which I'm sure you've all heard, but yeah, there's a way to de-armor all that. So I give them actual de-armoring practices and trauma self-healing practices uh, to work through all of that. That's great. You said eight different orgasms. Can you go through what those eight are besides the ones that come okay. top of mind? <laughs> well, clitoral is the most common. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's G-spot. There's A-spot, which the G-spot orgasms, the A-spot orgasms, um, these are what people call vaginal orgasms. Or if people say, I want to have an orgasm through penetration, they generally mean they want to learn how to have G spot or a spot orgasms because these are innervated by, uh, or the clitoral network reaches to these areas. So they are kind of a clitoral orgasm, but they are also very different. Uh, so there's those three and then there's cervical there's heart and breast There's throat, there's full body and energy, and then there's anal. Let's talk about throat and full body and energy. I think everybody (laughs) knows nipple orgasm, right? But let's go into those two, because those are usually not talked about. All right, cool. (laughs) Throat is a fun one. Um, So... Throat orgasms. I did a workshop with a gal in Greece one time, and she had learned from some tantric master um, who had done a demo and had, you know, invoked throat orgasms in women. So she asked her volunteer to try it on her. And the interesting thing about throat orgasms is that it's like a I don't know. Like I'm, I don't consider myself a lesbian or bisexual or anything. So this wasn't like a sexual experience with her and like from my point of view. Right. But what she did is I, she just guided me through a breathing practice and she used her fingers at the roof of my mouth. And she just stroked on the very top of the roof of my mouth. And it, I, I went into it thinking, well, this would be interesting. I'm a very orgasmic person. And so who knows? I really didn't have an expectation for the, the demo because I was the demo person and there were other people watching. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just went into it like, whatever, we'll see what happens. And, uh, well, it, it definitely happened. And the, there is ejaculate that does come from the brain, uh, that I felt my entire being just, completely obliterate. And it was, it was an extremely spiritual experience. Like I I can't even sit here and try to explain what happened, but it was like being on another planet or, you know, it was like a cosmic fuck. (laughs) It's like you're being cosmically fucked. And, uh, the amazing ejaculate I could feel coming from my brain down into my throat and she had had a bowl on the side of the demo table where we were doing it and i just remember like coughing it all up and just like all of this fluid coming down my face and like having to <laughs> put it all in there um, but this is not like you don't have to do it you can have throat orgasms just from sucking cock um, and deep throating And you don't, you don't have to have like someone's fingers in there. Although I found that the fingers actually helped and that they, 
I don't know, they were more pinpointed towards the experience itself. Whereas when there's a cock in there, it's just kind of all up in there. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can have a third orgasm from just the cock. And this happens scientifically because the vagus nerve. So it's the same with the cervical orgasms is that vagus nerve uh, originates right at the ears, at the top of the mouth, down here, uh, the throat and to the chest. And then there's a little bit of a network that goes through the side of the body and then it ends at the cervix. Mm -hmm. So when you're stimulating the cervix, you, and this is why midwives, when you're having a baby, always tell you open mouth, open cervix, right? Open your jaw, open your mouth, ah, and your cervix will open. Uh, and this is, this is why, because <laughs> when this is relaxed, that's relaxed. So both of these are connected through vagal nerve, vagus nerve. That's amazing. I love the vagus nerve. Yeah. And it's so true that fifth chakra, your mouth, your throat is very much connected to your womb, your lower belly, your vagina. It's amazing. Even from early fetal development, which is just fascinates me. Plus mm -hmm. the way the energy like flows up the Hara, the Kundalini, you know, is very much connected or is the vagus nerve. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that practice that you were describing reminds me of a Tao practice where, you know, you're meditating, you're bringing up energy and rubbing your tongue up against the roof of your mouth. Mm -hmm. And you can, when you get that energy going up, you very much can feel it start to drip down the back of your throat. Yeah. Um, and even in the microcosmic orbit practice, that's what we teach is, I mean, sweet. for some people, it helps facilitate the movement of sexual energy, Kundalini energy. Some people it distracts. So you just kind of have to play with it and see. Um, I don't, I don't personally find that it does help me move my sexual energy, but maybe for some people I know, well, I, I do know that for some people it does. Uh, but with that throat orgasmic experience, it, it was different than just the moving of sexual energy. Yeah. It sounds like it. It sounds like a wow experience. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and how about the energetic orgasm? Yeah. Energy orgasms. Whew, yeah. I'm a pro at that. <laughs> uh, energy orgasms. If you're energetically wired, uh, erotically wired. So one of the five erotic blueprints is an energetic. Uh, that is my second blueprint. And that you're very sensitive to energy. You're probably really empathic and you can feel other people's feelings. Uh, but sexually, you know, you're an energetic when you really love anticipation, uh, when you really you love knowing it, that it can happen, that it might happen. And it's exciting and fun. Uh, but energetics are also really inclined to want to learn Tantra because they, they get turned on from this feeling of connection with their partner. That's beyond just, you know, regular old everyday sex. Yes. So, um, energy orgasms, I first learned how to do it on my own, just from breath work. Um, and I didn't even know that that's what was happening, but I would go into hour long breath work sessions and be like. Well, that was really fun. <laughs> that was really pleasurable. <laughs> and, um, you know, like I would go into it with this sense of, uh, I need to heal this or like my intention is to work through whatever, whatever. And then it would just end up being some ecstatic freaking energy orgasmic experience. I was like, well, well, I guess I didn't need to work on that. 
<laughs> but it was just learning how to consciously move breath. Um, and I, I remember when I finally broke through like the solar plexus blockage, which most women, when they're learning how to have energy orgasm, they block all of their energy at their belly. Um, mainly because most women are really uncomfortable with their bellies, but deeper meaning is that we block our sexuality and our sexual energy from moving out of the pelvis and up into the body because we don't want it because it doesn't feel safe to feel that much pleasure in our body. Um, it maybe you did at one point when you were a baby, <laughs> but that, that conditioning and all of the crap that happens growing up, all that, uh, we kind of shove it down to and localize it to just our genitals. So we only feel pleasure down there. But when you break through the blocks and the belly, I was saying, I was in a breathwork session in Mexico one time. And I remember uh, distinctly having that feeling of breathing through the block that I could feel in my solar plexus and it being absolutely orgasmic. <laughs> I was like breathing through this block and it just being such a beautiful release. Cause I could finally feel the energy flow through my whole body. And then all of the Kundalini channels opening. So yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Is there a breathing exercise you can share with our listeners that could help them with this process? Well, I, in a lot of the self, uh, the guided practices that I teach, um, we use, the holotropic breathwork breathing practice. Uh, and this, and I'll show, I'll tell you what it is in a second, but the reason that we use it is because it does help you to connect with felt sense sensation and all of the work in my programs are to connect you to felt sense. Cause when you're numb, when you don't experience a lot of pleasure in life, when you feel joyless, this is because you're not connected to sensations in your body. And the only way to get to pleasure sensations is to like connect with what you're currently feeling inside. So this breath in particular helps you to connect to sensation and it is an in through the mouth or yeah, in through the mouth, out through the mouth or in through the nose, out through the mouth. It can be either, but there's no pause between the inhale and exhale, no pause between the exhale and the inhale. So it's, um, I know Christabel more a breath of bliss also leads a lot of practices in that same way. So there's different schools of breath work, but, uh, the two that I've learned and taught are Christabel's and then holotropic breath work. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners that would benefit them in their healing process around, um, make the relationship matrix? <laughs> uh, well, I think in order for you to step into the, wherever it is, we're going the five D the new earth, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that it requires you do your own work first. <laughs> you can't escape it. You just can't. So do your work, quit waiting for your partner to change, quit blaming it on your partner, take responsibility as the creator of your life that you are, and you'll be in a much better position to have a happier relationship and a more pleasurable sex life. <laughs> and what about those people out there that are like, but if I change, something's going to happen to my relationship. Oh, there are definitely those people. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I've heard that several times. And if that's where you're at, then it's probably too late. (laughs) I mean, I was in a relationship like that, but I wasn't afraid to change. My desire to change and to grow and evolve was way more than my desire to stay with him. Um, and, and I wasn't going to let the, him stop me in that. Right. Um, so sometimes when you're young or unconscious, you'll attract a partner like I did when I was 18, my kid, my kid's dad, uh, <laughs> but you know, um, we attract these relationships and, and I just grew and he didn't want to grow. And again, it was my desire to grow and evolve and expand. That was a greater desire than whether I stayed with him. And, you know, some people just want to play it safe. And mm-hmm. if you'd rather play it safe, then great. Stay mm-hmm. in your relationship forever and don't grow and evolve and expand. <laughs> I mean, I would never settle for that. That's something that's not in my, in my DNA <laughs> to do that. But some people it is, I don't understand them. Uh, they're probably not meant to work with me, <laughs> but <laughs> I have talked to them and, uh, they do exist. And, you know, it, it sucks that, that, that is how some people are, but, um, especially if it's gone on for a while and you've created a family with them and you have older kids and, you know, maybe it would be devastating, you know, to bring mm-hmm. up your family and all that. And I understand those dynamics, but at the same time, what are you teaching your kids? If that's what you're going to settle for, uh, yeah, wouldn't yeah. want to be that example to mine. Mm-hmm. And people will either grow with you or not. And then you right. go apart. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then it's time to work on something with someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What's something that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Uh, well, thoughts. I mean, I think we've shared a lot already, but I have tons of free resources uh, for you at tillystorm.com. Um, all sorts of stuff. There's a how to release shame and guilt, destroying your sex life training. There's how to ignite your desire for those of you that lack sexual desire. Um, there's a tantric sex starter kit for those of you that want to learn tantra with your partner. It is a couple of things. So if you're single, might want to like wait for later to get that one. And there's the how to start a JDEG practice. Um, guide and free JDEG practices that you can download. There's six different practices totally for free. So you can get started that way. That's awesome. Tilly. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look up her stuff, everybody. Tillystorm.com. Tilly, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a great conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Let's yeah, I really appreciate your time and thank you everyone for joining us. Thanks Tilly. And thank you everyone. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube at raise the vibe with Liz and my website at Liz's healing Thank you everyone for joining us and remember to get out there and raise the vibe. Everybody have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.